for Friday, April 3rd, 2020. This is Did You Wash Your Hands? We're a podcast from WABE, answering the questions everyone's asking during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm health reporter Sam Whitehead. Today, no insurance, no problem when it comes to getting medical care for the coronavirus, says Georgia's insurance commissioner. Anybody that, that if they get the virus, that they do not need to be worried about but insurance or lack of insurance getting in the way of them getting treatment. John King, who leads Georgia's Department of Insurance, joins me for a look at what his agency is doing to protect consumers and who could pick up the price tag for their coronavirus medical care. That's next. You love free. And at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Support for WABE's local coverage on maternal health and mortality comes from Georgia Health Initiative, whose mission is to inspire and promote collective action that advances health equity for all Georgians. Learn more at georgiahealthinitiative.org. Georgia's Department of Insurance has asked insurance companies in the state to make it as easy as possible for their customers to get access to care during the coronavirus pandemic. And so far, those companies are playing along, according to John King, who leads the agency. It's one of the many things we'll discuss in addition to his recent deployment to New Orleans as a major general in the U.S. Army National Guard. He's there helping the city's COVID-19 response. Commissioner King, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. Well, thank you very much. This is important to get, obviously, an opportunity to, to speak with you and obviously our public then back in Georgia. You mentioned back in Georgia. We'll start there. My understanding is that you are currently deployed um, working on the coronavirus response in New Orleans. Tell me a little bit more about that and about what you're doing there. Yes, I'm a, I'm a, sm- a member of a small element out of NORTHCOM in, in uh, Northern Command in Ar- U.S. Army North that is deployed uh, forward to, uh, to the city of New Orleans to assist not only the the lead federal agency FEMA in the uh, Department of Health and Human Services, assisting the the state of Louisiana in transforming the convention center, the the Morial uh, Convention Center, into a uh, hospital in with some positive air tents, with filtering, nurses stations, uh, to deal with the what we expect to be the excess capacity. There will be required to deal with COVID-19 here in New Orleans. Turning now to Georgia, the Department of Insurance is often the first stop for uh, people with complaints about their insurance policies, their insurance companies. What have you been hearing from people specifically when it comes to treatment or testing for coronavirus? Very early in this crisis, insurance companies were calling us and said, all right, what can we do? 
And they said, look, we recommend if you ordered us to do this, I think this will be helpful. It has not developed as an adversarial relationship. They all understand the the gravity and the seriousness of, of the situation. We've in turn, to work with them about, you know, how do we relax the rules for agent licensing? How do we can do those virtually? I really have not seen any pushback from anybody. Everybody is working very well because we all understand the seriousness of the, of the situation. So your department hasn't received any kind of additional volume of complaints from consumers? A, a lot of times, you know, when we get calls and complaints, it's because people have not been tracking the changes or the or the rules that we publish. Uh, a good example, telemedicine. That way we can get our doctors, especially our, our primary care physicians out there, getting compensated at the same rate that they would be if they had in-office visits. Uh, insurance companies absolutely have not pushed back at all because it makes good good medical sense. And, uh, and it's a good way for us to not only triage Uh, those individuals that need to go for further examination or testing. Do you think that will be the case as we get further down the road? Certainly, we're only at maybe the start of this. Do you foresee a a time at which your office will have to issue stronger directives to insurance companies? I don't see it quite yet. I have not detected any tone or pushback. Uh, And I also clearly have to be very, you know, very cautious on on what is the extent of my authority. So, but I don't see that quite yet. And that's what we issued. Many of our, our regulations or rules that we published were for the extent of 60 days. And then we will reevaluate uh, at the end of the 60 days and whether we need to go, you know, where we need to go from there. And I, and I will foresee a, a very, very pragmatic and clear conversation with the industry in our, you know, the attorney general's office to, to, to see where we at in this crisis and where do we, you know, how do we evaluate the extent of our authority? Another thing at play as this pandemic plays out is just a market increase in people who have who have lost their jobs and potentially lost access to health insurance. I know that the Department of Insurance has put out kind of guidance for how people who have lost jobs can maybe find coverage through COBRA or or, or healthcare.gov. But I I haven't noticed that messaging get too far outside of y'all's department. You know, Governor Kemp has been in front of a lot of TV cameras recently. I haven't heard him talking about it. Should that information be shared more widely by state officials? I think it's important for all department heads and all leaders of, of agencies be talking about what their area of, you know, as I as I call it, my, my lane. I don't expect the governor to be, you know, talking about insurance uh, regulations. That, that's my job, and you know, my job with with in in conjunction with the industry and the trade associations and the insurance agents, we spend a lot of time trying to get our message. And I don't want to pile on when, on the governor's responsible. He's got a responsibility for the entire state, and I'm I'm doing my part to support this response and getting people informed and protecting them. The Trump administration earlier this week declined to open a special enrollment period for the handful of states like Georgia that rely on the federal health care exchange, healthcare.gov. Do you agree with that decision? And, and if so, why? Right now, it, we're watching, uh, you know, and obviously in this space, I have to work very closely with the Department of Community you know, Affairs, which, you know, deals with directly with the federal government when it comes to to those, we govern the space of how do we implement these regulations on insurance companies. So I think if it becomes an issue that, that starts raising the alarms, uh, I think we can get 
whatever action we need from the federal government, we can get a change in, in the policy if it starts affecting. But we got to be careful that we're not operating off of anecdotal information and we have actual, you know, good hard numbers that we can present and, and show that that impact. And I'm confident that if something started adversely, you know, hurting our state, that, that the, the governor would reach out to the, pre- the vice president's task force and we could, could get a reversal if, if required. I'm wondering, too, what people without health insurance um, are thinking in a moment like this. Certainly, that is something that induces anxiety in, in a normal time. Uh, I would think that's heightened in, in a pandemic. What, what can your department do, if anything, for those, for those individuals? Well, first of all, anybody that, that if they get the virus, that they do not need to be worried about, about insurance or lack of insurance getting in the way of them getting treatment. I mean, they, they are going to be taken care of. The governor's very cleared. The vice president's uh, CDC, the Department of Public Health, Dr. Toomey has been very, very clear on that. So that that is not, should not be a concern. Uh, we're going to take care of them. Uh, that's just, it's just the bottom line. Making that promise, doesn't that put a substantial burden on healthcare facilities, hospitals to carry those costs? I mean, people walk into the emergency room all the time uninsured. Um, someone has to eat that money. So, so who, who, who does? Who, who pays for that promise? But that has been the reality even before this virus came on, on, on play. I mean, anytime somebody work, goes into Grady and seeks medical treatment, they're, they're never going to be turned down. And, and the, ta- or the, the rest of us, the taxpayers, eat the cost. And we're working through, you know, the process of getting federal reimbursement for, for the costs associated with it. And, and the federal government has not pushed back on any of those reimbursement requests. Obviously, there's going to be a cost sharing. The citizens of Georgia will have to take part of those costs. But a good portion of that is going to be part of, of the reimbursement that we're working through through FEMA and, and uh, Health and Human Services. But a good, bur- good part of that burden will also be on, on, the, on, on the state. I know certainly we're looking at the problem in front of us. I'm wondering what happens down the road. Um, we, we've had a few big insurance companies as of late, Aetna, Cigna, and Humana, namely, um, that have agreed to waive some cost-sharing requirements for consumers, specifically when it comes to COVID-19 testing and, and treatment. All those companies have done that to, to differing degrees. Are you concerned that down the road, say next year, two years from now, once we get through this pandemic, um, insurance companies are going to try to recoup those costs from, from consumers and maybe their, their generosity now results in higher premiums or higher out-of-pocket costs down the road? I don't see that happening. First of all, because uh, you know it would be it is something that I'm going to be very watchful of. And that and that is really a lot of people ask the reason why is the insurance commissioner elected? Well, I need to be accountable. I, I need to be accountable to to our citizens, and this is why I've been appointed is to do and keep an eye, close eye, to make sure that we don't have would be I could would consider to be an unfair practice. Uh, and so we'd be very watchful. We will work with them. Obviously, we, we can't wreck the industry in the process, but we will be very watchful that, that any of those activities are, 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 we keep a close eye to make sure that we minimize those. Those are just three insurance companies I mentioned. Is there any point where you see your office really asking other insurers here in the state of Georgia to take similar actions, say waiving, waiving specifically and kind of directing them to waive costs for, for treatment and care? I, I can see that happening, especially uh, in, in, in the coming weeks. Uh, we're going to be watching very carefully. And we have a whole team right now looking at where the impacts are. And 
we look at the number of inquiries that we get and we try to develop patterns of where we need to be focused on, on in concern. So we that drives a great deal of where we, we focus and also look at what other states surrounding us. Because very seldom will we see some level of activity in the southeast in one state that will not either soon be coming to Georgia or is already happening in Georgia. What worries you the most about this situation going forward? My worry is, is we, we're operating a great deal of a modeling, but we're looking at national modeling, and, and you see a lot of, of data. There's a, a ton of data out there floating around, but it's just trying to find that data set that really reflects Georgia. Georgia is such a complex state. You know, how do we balance our approach that not only we're taking care of our urban centers, but we're not doing, you know, unintended consequences to, to our rural area because we know that the, the rural communities are under a different set of pressures. And we have to be sensitive to that. And, and, and I want to make sure that we're really strategic in, in our approach. So we're thinking about the second and third order effects and in, in understanding that, that you know, potentially, you know, if we're doing something quick that we don't think through, that we're creating other problems that we haven't anticipated. And so I've always very want to be very deliberate. There's no playbook for how do we respond as an agency because uh, we've never confronted a, a, a crisis of, of this type and magnitude. Did You Wash Your Hands is a production of 90.1 WABE Atlanta, where ATL meets NPR. Special thanks to Stephen Key, Lauren Booker, Rebecca Smith, Megan Smith, John Haas, and Ankita Ackroyd Isalas. WABE's managing editor is Alex Helmick. Scott Wolfel is chief content officer. You can reach us at washyourhands at wabe.org. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app, where you can also leave us a rating and a review. And you can find more stories on the coronavirus pandemic at wabe.org slash coronavirus. If y'all haven't recently, now might be a good time to go wash your hands. I'm Sam Whitehead. Thanks for listening. Have you donated to WAB yet? I know you've heard us talking about why it's important, but it doesn't have to be this big decision. You can give at whatever amount fits your budget. It can be a spur-of-the-moment thing. You already get so much out of public radio, so just go for it. Visit wab.org slash donate and become a member right now. And thank you.